What's happening, y'all? Welcome inside the Fantasy Stock Exchange. Tyler and Bush coming at you with Black Monday. This is our week two recap show. We got a lot to talk about here. We got a lot of um, takes gone wrong for my part, a couple takes that went right, a lot of bad injuries that are going to affect a lot of people going forward. So this Black Monday might be especially dreary for some of those people that took, I don't know, let's say Saquon Barkley second overall in their draft. So um, Tyler, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing great because every single draft I was in, I picked in the later like slots of the draft. So I got my turn pick running backs that have been disappointing me instead of guys just getting hurt for the rest of the year. So yeah, yeah, I'm okay with Joe Mixon putting up eight points every week if uh, he's on the field. Oh, boom, roasted. Yeah, pretty much. All right. So we're going to hit the intro and then we're going to get into the first game. So I teased it already, but uh, Chicago Bears 17, New York Giants 13. The obvious and biggest story of this game is the fact that Saquon Barkley, we believe, has torn his ACL. It hasn't officially come out yet. I believe he's getting an MRI tomorrow, uh, which would be Monday, as of the time we're recording this, um, to say whether or not it's happened or not. But usually when teams say, like, we fear that he tore his ACL, it's it's usually what happens. So, um Let's from the from the Giants running back perspective. I think Deion Lewis is probably the guy to own uh, going forward. I'm not exactly excited about it though. I'm not gonna say blow sixty dollars of fab on him because I think he's gonna be. I don't know if it's gonna be like a committee situation, but they might just like not be that effective because it's still a bad uh, like a relatively bad offense, relatively bad offensive line. What are your thoughts on the the Giants backfield? <laughs> they just have Deion, Deion Lewis. Uh, no one else got a rushing attempt in this game, so maybe they'll pick up someone. Uh, I'm looking at a team that may go get Devontae Freeman, just saying. Yeah. Uh, but they, th- this was a battle of two non-playoff teams. It was a game that I wasn't really excited to watch. Yeah, Bears are 2-0. Get excited. They beat two really bad teams that also won't be making the playoffs. That Surprise, both had top five picks in the last draft. And surprise, both will have top five picks in this upcoming draft. So I am not taking Bears wins right now um, seriously. Uh, so that's my thought on the overall game. My thought on the running back situation for the Giants is, please, in your leagues, if you have a guy that's sitting with a lot of uh, a lot of fab, start hyping up Deion Lewis. Start saying, oh, my gosh, Deion Lewis is going to be legit because they're going to pour a lot of money into him, and they're going to be disappointed because what Saquon does for this team is a remarkably larger amount than anyone can ever see. He basically carries the offense. He takes a lot of pressure off of Daniel Jones. And when he left, it was there was issues moving the ball, and they had a little bit um, a spark towards the end. But um, I kind of count that to uh, Gas Bear's defense and the need to do something. Uh, nothing ever came to fruition. Giants did go down in this one, and this team's going to have some offensive issues. I, I would openly look to move any of the wide receivers, potentially Evan Ingram, any guy that has even a close to a small bit amount of volume. Um, value right now because they're going to start to lose value incredibly and I mean they're just going to play pass I mean they're just going to play pass teams are going to come into this team and they're not going to take Deion Lewis a pass catching back an old pass catching back seriously as a running threat so this is more than just Saquon going down it's the entire offense going down in my opinion 
Yeah, that to like, I mean, it's it's kind of harsh to say this in week two, but your season's done, New York Giants. Like, I'm sorry to say, like, if Saquon's out for the whole year, your season is done. And I'm not sure you were going to make the playoffs anyway. You probably would have been like a six, seven win team. Uh, but I mean, and it's hard to say this for any team that a running back is your entire offense, but he's your entire offense. And yep. him being done means your team is probably winning four or five games at most. So I, I would. I, I'm not. I, I'm not going to sell Darius Slayton because I still think Darius Slayton of the all all the pieces on offense are is the best one to own. I think Daniel Jones takes a significant hit though. As far as some people thought he'd be like this breakout like fantasy star or whatever, I don't think that happens without Saquon in the backfield taking off a lot of pressure for him and keeping him efficient. Speaking of the quarterbacks in this game, uh, in this games, neither of, uh, of whom uh, registered over an 80 quarterback rating, they were not good. Mitch Trubisky looked pretty bad. Two, uh, two picks, two touchdowns, 190 yards. Wasn't terrible for fantasy, but wasn't great from a real-life NFL perspective. Daniel Jones wasn't good in this game. No one, I don't think anyone was starting him against the Bears defense, but I did say he might be a sneaky DFS play because no one's going to start him. But uh, as far as the uh, Chicago side of things, uh, David Montgomery left this game with – I don't even remember what the injury was. I believe it was like a – it was a lower body injury, I think. Ankle. Uh, he yeah. came back, though, so – yeah, he came back, had a pretty good game, 16 uh, carries for 82 yards, also had a, a, a three receptions for 45 yards and a 28-yard touchdown, I believe, was the uh, – and he looked really good on that, on that touchdown that he had. So um, Montgomery, that's a good bounce-back game for him. I think he's probably like a, uh, a mid-RB2 going forward, to be honest. Like, he looked actually really good in this game. Yeah, I, I kind of expected this. I think this was, an, this was a very easy team to do that to. Uh, Montgomery, this, this was actually, you know, perfect situation. He was hurt last week. Um, the first team you're coming back to is, uh, was he hurt last week? I'm sorry. I'm, there's so many injuries. He was, I think he might've been limited, like as far as his snap count went, but he wasn't actually like, he did play like last, last game. Okay. So yeah, he was limited. So the first game that he's kind of taking more full workload was a really, really easy matchup and was kind of given a chance for him to be successful with it. So yeah, he was averaging over five, uh, a carry. Uh, he looked good in the receiving work. We weren't seeing a uh, Tariq Cohen complete takeover of all receiving work. Um, yeah, he's a he's a really solid RB2, a guy I want to start as an RB2, a guy who I'm not asking um, when FFC goes live, hey, should I be starting David Montgomery? You don't have to worry about that. Put him in your lineup. Um, he looked pretty good. Uh, upcoming schedule could change that, but I think this was a really good chance for him to succeed here. So, yeah, I was really happy with David Montgomery. Um, as far as the quarterback situation, yeah, both were pretty terrible. Um, Mitch had a really good week last week, which never happens back to back for this guy because he yeah. is a good quarterback. So yeah, I mean, yeah, it's he a fathers sick- the lions that happens every year. He always plays well against the lions. As far as the, the number one receivers on both teams, Allen Robinson and, and Darius Slayton didn't really have the greatest games. I think that was a product of bad quarterback play of, if, if anything, I'd like, cause Allen Robinson still had nine targets. He only caught three of them for 33 yards. Like I think just Trubisky just had a shit game and that's why he did terrible. So yeah. uh, let's get off this game. It wasn't very high. Yeah. Anyway. 17 to 13 for two non-playoff teams set at the beginning. I'll say it now. Yeah. And uh, so this game definitely had a lot more fantasy produce uh, production in it. And that's the Falcons and Cowboys, the Cowboys with an, uh, pretty remarkable ending to the game. They got an onside kick uh, recovery and ended up sealing this one with a Greg Sirline field goal. Uh, 40 to 39 was the final score. Just a boatload of fantasy production in this game. Dak Prescott, 450 yards passing, a touchdown. I believe he had three rushing touchdowns in this game too. Just 
bonkers um, stat line for Prescott if you had him in fantasy. Yeah, there was a lot of guys that that seriously capitalized off of uh, yeah. you know th- this whole game, which we were expecting. If you mm-hmm. if you thought at all that there would be defense played in this game with a banged up linebacking crew for the Cowboys and really weak and young corners for them, and then the Falcons who have really weak and young corners and no linebacker. It's just, this was, they're the same defense. Uh, Cowboys a little bit better. Sure. Just suck yourself off. You get up 39 points. Um, what I want to take from this game is the Cowboys were supposed to win this game and they got lucky and ended up getting a dub. And, and about halfway through the second quarter, they were supposed to lose this game. Yeah. It, and get it, blown out. Might I add. So I'm getting a lot of heat on Twitter about, wow, why aren't you giving them credit? You should have won this game. This shouldn't have been hard for you. You should have taken care of business and moved on. You should have been playing what uh, Seattle was doing last week. We were just, oh, yeah, they're throwing up some garbage time points at the end, but they're not going to win this game. We're not taking them seriously. That's what this should have been. There shouldn't have been a comeback from behind. That's where I have concern for Dallas going forward, non-fantasy, um, non-fantasy purposes, but just a concern for the team because it's the Falcons doing this in – that means the good teams are going to take care of you. We saw the Rams do it last week. That's concerning. You can't let the Falcons do that to you. Get out big, get you on turnovers all the time. Yeah. Good teams aren't going to let you win. The Falcons will because it's the Falcons. The Dolphins, teams like that, they're going to let you take these games. But good teams aren't. That's why I kind of see this team struggling. They're, they're going to have a lot of ups and downs. So, you know, have your celebratory win. Congratulations. You beat a team whose coach won't be there in three weeks. Uh, you beat a team who probably have a top 10 pick again. It, it's just not it, – I'm not impressed because they came back with this. I mean, sure, it was fun and, 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 and all, but these aren't two playoff teams. This kind of was disappointing. This is, a set, like, this is a seven win at max, like Falcons team. Yeah. And if, they, if the wheels fall off and they fire their coach, this is like a four-win team. To be they won't have a coach at the end of the season. But their passing game is good enough, I think, to get them to like seven, eight wins and be a little feisty at the end of the season, knock off some good teams – like they did last year with, with uh, beating the Niners and the Saints late in the season. Um, Zeke Elliott, I don't really feel like we need to talk about him. He did exactly what everyone expected him to do. Seven targets in the receiving game. Uh, had a couple of receptions for 33 yards, 22 carries, 89 yards, and a touchdown. Everyone kind of expected him to go wild in this game. The big story to me is in the Dallas receiving core, CeeDee Lamb with, with nine targets, six receptions, 106 yards. And he looked like their best receiver. Amari Cooper had a nice play downfield, but CeeDee Lamb looked like their best receiver. And I think um, with Gallup kind of being the one who had the down game in this, uh, in this one, it's going to happen every week, I think. I think one of these guys, Cooper, Lamb, or Gallup, is going to disappoint every week, unless it's just an absolute bonanza of passing, which this one was, and they still like, had one guy. I've seen the situation where if everything goes right and the offense is rolling, it's still you can't have three effective guys. Dalton Schultz with 10 targets, nine receptions, and 88 yards, is a, and a touchdown is interesting because, yeah. I mean – he kind of did what everyone thought Blake Jarwin was going to be doing. So, I mean, maybe he, Dalton Schultz is uh, people, at least out, from my perspective, I wrote off the tight end position from uh, as soon as Jarwin got, uh, got injured, but maybe Schultz is a guy that you can stream week over week. And yeah, like I said, I think someone is going to disappoint you. Likely it'll probably be Schultz or Lamb or Gallup or Cooper because he's pretty inconsistent as well. Yeah. One of these guys is going to disappoint you week over week. On the other side of the ball though, man, Calvin Ridley is so good. Yeah. Oh, he's going to be what Godwin was. I, yeah. I'm certain of it. After the seeing this game, and I saw a lot of it, um, he's going to be what Godwin was, where there's already that set one, but there's that, there's that dark horse. Like last year, Godwin was, he's going to 
he could seriously be a top five at the end of the year. And I would not be surprised. He's already what he's got to be one right now. What, he's he's got, got four touchdowns. It's ridiculous. Yeah. He's, he's, he's what Godwin it was last year. I mean, seriously, this is, this is an offense that will support two solid wide receivers. And what we're seeing now is that they have no problem supporting a third because they've, they they've, supported three pass catching options and nine, none of them were Julio Jones this week. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's remarkable. I mean, it is what, what we're seeing with their passing offense is what we thought we were going to see with Dallas. But what we failed to realize is which team actually has a legitimate running back. That's Dallas. Dallas has given volume to, to Zeke. We're not giving volume to Gurley because it's just not effective. It just doesn't work. 2.9 on 21 carries. That's just going to keep decreasing. They're going to realize, fuck it, we can't run. And that's only because they had the lead for so long. So, yeah, yeah I mean, this is, this is a situation where, you know what? I'm not going to get mad at you if you want to start Russell Gage. This is back-to-back weeks where he's put up at least six six receptions. I mean, this is crazy. Yeah, and I said this last week when Hayden Hurst had the down week that, and it's basically the same thing for both of these teams. Each each team has four viable weapons in the passing game, not that uh, that aren't their running backs, and one of them's going to disappoint you. This week it was surprisingly Julio Jones, but um, uh, for the Falcons. But I think on most weeks it's going to be either Gage or Hurst. What I'm certain about is I don't think it's going to be Ridley as often as I thought it would be. Oh. Oh, I really, if, if I'm given a lock to one guy never disappointing you or, you know, you know, he'll have an eight point game one time because he won't get in the end zone, but it's Ridley because every team is smart enough to cover Julio. Listen, they had locking him down all day. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure what they did is they told Trayvon Diggs from Tuesday all the way to Saturday, watch like hours of Julio, like literally just, you're going to be there. And if it fails, it's on your ass. Um, so he did a good job. Uh, Julio was kind of shut down, but that's what every team's going to do. They're going to find their best corner or in their eyes, their best, you know, coverage man corner for Julio. And he's just going to be ice the whole game. And if there's a bad cornerback crew, expect to play Julio. And if there's a good one, expect to play Julio. It's just kind of the situation. So sometimes it's just going to be tough, but Ridley's going to be the one guy where it's just across the board. He's going to get it done. Like Godwin. Yeah. This is your buy low window for Julio Jones. If anyone buys it, like, yes, Ridley's awesome, and he could be like a 1B to Julio instead of like the clear number two like we might have thought. If, if someone's panicking on Julio, please capitalize on it. I will I'll promise you this is the worst game that Julio plays all season. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I agree. Um, he also had a touchdown like off one of his hands in the back of the end zone. He was like kind of yanked, and he just didn't get it. Like I think he would have come down with it like eight out of ten times. So yeah. he also could have just had like a three for – uh, like 56 and a touchdown in this game very easily. And he didn't. So yeah. And Russell Gage is Mohamed Sanu because he's throwing those tutties. Uh, he should be catching those. Yeah. Really. He also, yes, he dropped that too. Yeah. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Julio just kind of had a bad game. I wouldn't, if someone is concerned, just go buy him because yeah, I mean, that's it's Julio Jones um, for, quickly on Matt Ryan, just a Matt Ryan type game, high passing yardage, four touchdowns. You can roll out Matt Ryan as a top 10 quarterback pretty much every week because this team can't run the ball. They can't play defense. So they're going to be throwing they're, – they're, they're going to go as far as their passing game takes them, essentially. If they win nine games, it's because Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, and all these guys are cooking people. And if they win six games, it's because they can't do it every single week. He's going to be a top three quarterback. Yeah. I, 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 I can't see a situation where this slows down, where this isn't going to be a thing, because he could go against the most elite defense in the league, and he's still going to throw the ball 60 times. It's just – there's no way they're going to gas him out. This will probably be the last year of effectiveness for this guy because he's getting up there in age. 
I mean, they're just going to, they're going to run them out of the building and until we, until we see coaching change. And, you know, I, I have a Falcon fan in my house. He wants everything gone. Gee, yeah. And I agree. I think they need to completely clear house. And you know what? They're, it's hard because their offense is, is too good to get them to tanking level. Um, and the value of some of those guys is too good to just trade them. So Atlanta, I, I feel for you because I just don't know what your team should do. And normally I kind of know, but I just don't know what your team should do. So that's where they're at right now. Yep. All right. Into the next game. We got to roll through these a little bit quicker. Um, Lions and Packers. The Packers, again, with another 40 burger, 42 to 21. Yeah. Okay. Here, I'm going to take a victory lap real quick because anyone who said that Aaron Jones was going to regress because his touchdowns were like, he had 19 touchdowns and he can't repeat this because he's going to regress to the mean, which by the way, when people say that they're talking about a league average running back, Aaron Jones is not a league average running back. This kid is fucking unreal, man. He just has a nose for the end zone. Some players have it. Some players don't Julio Jones does not have it. He's a future hall of famer, but he doesn't have a nose for the end zone. Aaron Jones, 18 carries, 168 yards and two touchdowns on the ground, four receptions, one of which was like an incredible catch, 68 yeah. yards and a touchdown through the air. He won me my week in my, in my home, in my home league. Yeah. Well, he won a lot of people's. He had the, uh, the highest uh, fantasy score for the week so far. Um, saying this at uh, the eight ten on Sunday night. Um, yeah, he was, he's great. Uh, AJ Dillon was never a guy I was high on in college. There's a chance he could do something maybe next year. Uh, but I seriously didn't get that pick. Um, you had Jamal, uh, Jamal Williams, who Jamal Williams put up 8.3 fantasy points. So he was not even a slot. I mean, this was, <laughs> this was back-to-back weeks where we should have seen, uh, maybe the industry should have seen a little bit more that, huh, let's buy Aaron Jones in drafts and sell them after these first two weeks because this team is going to roll through their first two matchups. That's something I never understand with fantasy is that everyone is like, oh, I don't pay attention to schedule. It's like, why not? We're talking about drafts here. Like you don't win. And they, they'll, they'll say, I don't pay attention to schedule. And then the next sentence they'll say, um, you don't win your league at the draft. Well, okay. So you should be drafting for the beginning of the season then, right? If you can. And that's why I was telling people to buy Mark Ingram because I thought Mark Ingram was going to do something like this at the beginning of the season. Obviously I was wrong about that, but. Um, I think the the premise still holds true. If we, if we had seen this schedule for, for Aaron Jones and the Packers, like, man, he, he, he's the number one back in fantasy. I would imagine after this week. Yeah. Um, on the other side of the ball, there's, there's some serious issues. Uh, the Lions, I, you know what? It's a tough question because if you would have told me last week, who do you think the first coach being fired was? Yeah. I go with I go with Patricia and, and everything going on in Detroit. I thought that was going to be the clear cut winner, and now Dan Quinn is is putting up a big old fight uh, in Atlanta because this that was a joke. That, that, that's a clear house move um, in itself. So now I don't know which 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 management's going to go down first. But neither of them are will survive the end of the season. I don't even think that's a bold take. I think it's just going to happen. Uh, this is not good for Patricia. He got out early in the first fourteen to three in the first quarter, and then. Right from there, it was all it was all Packers, and it was kind of a joke how it just started happening. This team couldn't do anything effectively. Um, running the ball was was interesting. They were effective with carry on Johnson early, and then they kind of started giving more chances to to Adrian Peterson. Something we said pretty heavily last um, we said pretty heavily last uh, episode of this. We said DeAndre Swift was not going to get involved. He actually was. 
Uh, he had five catches. Um, yeah, that's that. That's I think that's aside from we'll, we'll get to Adams in a second, but yeah. the second biggest story out of this game to me is that DeAndre Swift is like a receiving back, like a receiving down back, which is is great because if Adrian if he was not like that, then if he's sharing carries with Adrian Peterson, and we're just kind of guessing every week. The fact that he has the clear receiving role is great for DeAndre Swift, in my opinion, because if you play in any kind of PPR league, yeah, he's going to be a guy that in our live streams every week, you're like, should I start DeAndre Swift or this player? But at least you can start him if you need to. Yeah, he's, he's not like um, a Tariq Cohen kind of back where you're like, I don't even know if I should start him because Montgomery's cutting into him. That's the thing is I wasn't really expecting Swift to do much until next year. Uh the what the seven carries that Adrian Peterson got this year, uh, this game will just be split into carry on and Swift in a situation next year. The one thing I'm not liking is that was kind of like the big thing for Swift is he needed a lot of volume to get going, especially against good teams. We saw that, and I'm talking in, in reference to college. Um, yeah, five for 12 is, and he had kind of a similar stat line last week. It, running the ball has not been good for him. So I'm happy that at least he's getting receiving work. Uh, yeah, that's good. Um, TJ Hawkinson, you know, he had the, he had the most, he had the most yards for the team. Yeah. Uh, we that's saw a, that's a solid game from a tight end four receptions, 62 yards. That's nothing to sneeze at. Um, I teased it earlier, but Devonte Adams left this game early with a, with a hamstring injury. Not good. Not good. Because I, I don't believe, was it a hamstring last year that hampered Devonte Adams? I don't exactly remember, but, uh, uh yeah, it, it was something along that lines. So this, this is not a good situation for a guy that you, you know what? Luckily, though, unlike last year where you spent first round capital, I was seeing this guy going in mid second. I mean, yeah. you, you probably got him at a really good rate, so that way when he does come back and he's kind of a little bit a little bit shaky, it's not going to kill you. Uh, but this is definitely not a good situation. They were winning when he went out, though, so maybe it's possible that it's like um because there is degrees of hamstring tears. I've heard a lot of fantasy doctors talk about this. We saw Mike Evans had a hamstring tear uh, a week and a half ago, and he was he looked fine today. So. Maybe it's just a slight tweak and they're like, oh, we're already winning against the Lions anyway. Let's just like rest Devonte or whatever. Pay attention to injury reports. I wouldn't panic too much. It didn't like no one sounded like super, super concerned when he went out. No. It was just kind of, oh yeah, he left the game with a hamstring injury. Not great. But like, yeah. So I would pay attention closely to that situation. If you have Adams, I wouldn't be like trying to sell him if you have him or, or I also wouldn't be going to buy him. I just kind of, I think it's just a hold situation. If you have him or if you're looking to buy him, I don't want to buy a guy with a hamstring injury. Uh, Aaron Rodgers just had an efficient game, to be honest. Like, not a super great, like, fantasy day because Aaron Jones pretty much stole the, uh, stole the show from him. But, uh, yeah, just an efficient day, like 107.6 rating and uh, only 30 attempts and 240 yards, two touchdowns. Good day uh, for fantasy if you played him, but not exactly a four-touchdown day like he had last week. Yeah, I got a few questions um, when we were – when I was on my live stream and a few just DM questions of people going – uh, Aaron Rodgers is this guy. And I, every single time I just answered, you're going to get a very good solid floor from Aaron Rodgers this week. And you can be happy with that. Or you can kind of go with, so I had a Matt Ryan versus Aaron Rodgers. And I'm like, you got to go Matt Ryan in this situation. You just have to, it's set up perfectly for him to go off. Uh, but this is kind of what I expected from Aaron Rodgers is a good game. I thought a little bit more yards, but Hey, you take what you get. Um, you know, the, the story is, is, you know, there's 18 carries, for, for Aaron Jones. And we, we know the receiving work and how that kind of chalks out. Uh, AJ Dillon, who we were all hyping was going to take, you know, at least seven, eight, nine, ten 10 targets, only had five, uh, sorry, not targets for um, rushing attempts. So Aaron Jones is the clear back. I think that's, that's a good takeaway. 
DeAndre Swift is a clear receiving back. That's a good takeaway. Matthew Stafford needs a wide receiver one. Come on, Kenny Galladay. Where the hell? Yeah, get back, man. They need you or else they're going to be firing Patricia before Halloween. Yeah, it, yeah, and Patricia's out the window too. So Devontae Adams, DeAndre Swift, uh, Aaron Jones being the lead guy, and Patricia out the window. These are the four takes you can take from that game. We'll bounce on to the next one. Probably another, another take I have from that game is that Aaron Jones might have a new contract by Halloween. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Cause he looks really, really sharp right now. Yep. All right. So on to the next game. Uh, this was a sneaky shootout, actually Tennessee Titans, 33 Jacksonville Jaguars, 30. And this not last week's stat line is what I expect from Gardner Minshew on a week over week basis. 30, uh, 30 or 45 attempts for 30 completions, 339, three touchdowns, two picks up and down kind of game from an up and down type of quarterback. I think this is what, when I said uh, draft DJ Chark and Gardner Minshew is going to be a top 12 fantasy quarterback. This is what I was talking about. 45 attempts. It sounds about right on a weekly basis. Uh, speaking of DJ Chark, he didn't get in the end zone before four, uh, four targets. Isn't that much, but four receptions, 84 yards. He's a big play guy. He had a couple of big plays in this game, including a 45 yard uh, catch that he had. Um, I think the biggest takeaway from this game on Jacksonville side is the fact that James Robinson looked like Leonard Fournette. Yeah, uh, apparently the run game just whoever's whoever's there just magically gets it done. Um, so yeah, I, I like that. Uh, as far as Minshew, one of those picks was really, really not on him. I mean, yeah, that got tipped at the line, and uh, what was Harold Landry got the got the pick on that? That was just to seal the game, though. So yeah, it, it did. Um, but that I mean, come on, you know. It, and then yeah. there was another, and then his other pick actually was a tip off of the Jacksonville wide receiver that fell into Tennessee. So really. He had a really good game. Just yeah, to- he looked good in this game. He, he definitely gave them a chance to win. I was like, when I was watching this, I was like, are the Jags going to be leading the NFC or the AFC South after this week? Yeah, they looked really – you know what? This team, may, this team has just as good a chance of finishing second in this division as the Colts, uh, as the Texans. Texans looked rough, and I know they played two hard teams, so I really don't want to judge them too much if yet. They won, if they won eight games, it, w- it wouldn't completely shock me because I think their quarterback can play, and I never bought into the narrative that they were going to win two or three games. Tennessee Tennessee could be beaten when they go to Jacksonville next. Jacksonville has people in the sand. Sure, let's get rowdy. Um, but as far as Jacksonville, you, you took away the James Robinson situation, which I, I back that, but <laughs> let me tell you about a guy who I loved coming out of college. LaVisca Chenault. He was my wide receiver three. I oh, buddy, before his horrible combine, I had him ranked ahead of CeeDee Lamb. Yeah, I, I had him. I had uh, in order Judy, Lamb, Chenault. That, I, no joke, that's not me. You can go back to Fantasy Flock, my first ever channel. I, I, I pounded the table on Chenault, and I still do because this is what he can do. He had five times in this. And he was getting the receiving work as well. I mean, he's just like a Swiss Army knife for a team. Um, he's kind of like... Debo. Yeah. He's kind of like Debo. I mean, it just works. Like, and, and I love this. I love what this is. Now he didn't, you know, he doesn't get in the end zone uh, like last week, but this is, this is really productive work. I mean, this so now that I know this is consistent, this isn't just, you know, a one-off of just, Hey, let's throw him a couple trick plays. I mean, he's running the ball, you know, he's throwing wildcats in there. Like this, this guy's fun. He's making their offense fun. And I think that's, that's needed because Gardner's a fun quarterback. Uh, the offense has to be fun. It's got to be moving. They've got young kids make the offense fun because you gotta, you gotta throw some different things at them because you can't be vanilla. Like you were the past, you know, three, four seasons all the way into Blake Bortle years where you're just really vanilla. It's more fun now. And they're putting up numbers and, you know, James Robinson's running effectively. So praise for Jacksonville. We'll go to the team that actually won though, but yeah, great job, Jacksonville. 
All right. Here comes my other victory lap of this. Johnu Smith is a bad, bad man. This is. Five targets, four receptions, 84 yards, two tugs, man. First of all, in the red zone, where do they look? They look for number 81, which is awesome to see if he's your starting tight end. Anytime Tannehill's in the – also, Tannehill had a great game. 24, uh, 18 of 24 for 239 and four touchdowns, 145.7 quarterback rating. He had an awesome, like, super efficient game, made some big-time throws. But, man, Jonu Smith looks like the next Mark Andrews is my takeaway from this game. Like, he literally has – like, he has three touchdowns in the first two weeks. He looks like the go-to guy in the red zone, and that's exactly what we saw from Mark Andrews last year. Derrick Henry surprisingly held in check in this game. I thought he was going to smash this Jaguars defense. And you know what? I think everyone on Jacksonville right now is very, very upset. I think all these players are like, you know what? I'm not asking for a trade. I'm not looking to just jump ship and go to another team. I want to fight for this team because we're better than what the media is saying. I think this team has got a huge chip on their shoulder, led by a quarterback who's always had a chip on their shoulder. This team, they, they were coming out aggressive for the run, and yet they're young and they're not good. They aren't good, so they're going to mess up. But, like, they're putting up fights against these teams. I mean, teams are struggling to, to do effective things. The Colts look really, really good against the Vikings. Sure, the Vikings have a bad defense, but Jacksonville shut, shut them down. Like, it, they kind of – this fun team. I, I'm, I'm I, pro- no, I like this team. They're, they they kind of remind me of my old – of, like, my old box with Jameis Winston, to be honest. Because we love Jameis Winston for fantasy. It just couldn't win games. Yeah. Yeah. It, as far as Tennessee, yeah, I think it was a complete setup for Joe New to do well. Corey Davis was a little bit banged up coming in. He did, did get a touchdown first one since, what, uh, October of last year. Uh, so an absolute joke. But, yeah, it's that's a thing. Um, so we kind of expected Joe New to be big. This was supposed to be the game where he did do big and you know he put up he put up what tight end should be doing four receptions two touchdowns fantastic you look like mark andrews you said it yourself uh adam humphreys provided fantasy value i don't know how long uh aj brown's gonna be out i think he's got a he, i think he has at least till next week um that he'll be out adam humphreys could be a stream option um he's not a, he's not a sexy one but he, he could be one for you uh Corey davis really isn't an answer i think one lucky touchdown is the only thing that saves his day which is a new thing for him because normally his day is never saved by anything yeah. Um, and yeah, Derrick Henry was shut down. So you know what? The stat line is the stat line looks like Jacksonville won this game, and it's unfortunate that they didn't because they really did play well. Um, but yeah, a fun game to watch. Yeah, for sure. And uh, this next game, we don't have to spend wait like overly no. a lot of time on because it was kind of a slugfest, a little bit gross. Uh, Twenty-eight for the Colts, eleven for the Vikings. My takeaway from the Vikings' perspective, just. A 15.9 quarterback rating from Kirk Cousins. Horrible game from yeah. Kirk Cousins. Your defense is terrible. Uh, your offense is terrible. It, you, can't, you can't just depend on your defense anymore to just pin people back and just you just win field position battles. They might need to make a midseason trade for a corner. I mean, this is terrible. We said it. We said it last video. We said it at draft time. This team needed to take two cornerbacks with their picks, and they drafted – a wide receiver. They did take two cornerbacks. So that's the weird thing. Is Jeff Gladney their first round pick? I don't even know where the fuck that guy is. No, their first two picks. Like they took Justin Jefferson. I'm saying like they should have capitalized first two picks. They had a guy like Trayvon Diggs who did pretty well against Julio on the board. Like I don't know why they weren't pouncing on on two guys. Justin Jefferson, you know, led the team in receptions, but like fuck, the team was so ineffective. I wouldn't have taken Justin Jefferson, but you know, that's the past. 
The team looked really bad. Kirk Cousins looked dreadful. He took a safety through three picks. I'm pretty sure he finished with like negative 8.9 fantasy points. Like, holy <laughs> Like, it was like, oh my God. Like, people people played him, and I just felt really bad. And I'm, I'm sad because I didn't play against him. I would never play Kirk Cousins because I'm not a sheep. But that was like, called for the Patriots defense just, just a second ago. It was just bad. Like, and the Colts aren't even – I mean, we saw, Jacksonville was okay last week. You know, they weren't great. They were okay. But, like, Jesus. Yeah. Um, from the Colts side of things, another – I'm taking another – don't worry. I will be admitting that I was wrong on a couple things later in this. But I'm taking another victory lap because everyone who said that uh, Naheem Hines is the next Austin Eckler, I told you you were full of shit. Like, like I told you he wasn't, I I knew this, that was the week one flash in a pan. Naheem Hines got one, one target for four, four yards. Jonathan Taylor, 26 carries. And he also had two targets. He is the bell cow. He is a top 10 running back going forward. In my opinion. Phillip Rivers had four times as many rushing attempts as Naheem Hines because he had four rushing attempts. Um, yeah, there's a stat line for you. If you, if you just want to, like, dog one of your friends who's played. Jordan Wilkins had nine carries. <laughs> Jordan Wilkins was involved, which, honestly, we should have saw because he was fairly effective last year. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Jonathan Taylor's going to just slowly absorb this entire backfield. He had, what, 26 attempts? Like, holy shit. Oh, yeah, right. and you might say, like, oh, Naheem Hines wasn't involved because he was playing from behind. It's like, okay, like, I mean, we don't expect the teams to, like, the Colts to, like, slaughter a bunch of teams like they slaughtered the Vikings today, but – I also don't expect the Colts to be like behind in a lot of games. I think they're going to be in a lot of games. Like, I don't think they're going to get blown out. If you're behind, guess who, guess who still caught more targets than fucking Neem Hines is, is Jonathan Taylor. So it's like, stop, stop, stop with the Neem Hines shit. I told so many people don't fucking play this guy. Like, what are you doing? The like, Rivers thing too. I told a, a couple people asked me if they should start Rivers over like way more proven options. No, like Rivers didn't do it against Jacksonville. He had an okay game, I guess, but not like anything to ride home about. Receiving wise, like uh, yeah. I think where's oh did Paris Campbell have a target? I I he ran the ball once. It I, that was did he get injured. Was was all the Paris Campbell talks? It, no, um, no. Period. And, and Philip Rivers, this was probably the, this this may be the best situation he would have had back to back games of two teams with a combined one corner. Because oh, I did get injured, Paris Campbell. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second. But yeah, Philip Rivers has faced one legitimate corner in the past two games, and CJ Henderson, who wasn't legitimate going into that game, but looked really, really good. Oh, I uh, loved CJ Henderson coming yeah, at me. Go Gators. Loved him. Um, he faced nobody today, and he, he really didn't he really didn't shine. I mean, he threw, he was one for one, one interception, one touchdown. I mean, it was Jonathan Taylor moving the rock for them. It, the quarterback situation was dreadful. This was a game where if you just sat and watched red zone all day, you didn't see it. You, no, didn't. you didn't. That's why I didn't know that Paris Campbell got hurt because apparently the initial fear was that he tore his ACL actually, apparently. But um, uh, Ian Rappaport reported that he did not tear his ACL uh, that saw him carted off. He was carted off the field. Apparently he's going to have an MRI tomorrow, much like Saquon and the other guys. But yeah. uh Man, uh, Michael Pittman had six targets in this game. I'd definitely be going to pick him up on your waiver wire because he's the sure. very early second-round pick at a USC. And he was actually the guy I thought would be this year's A.J. Brown. If, if you followed us in the offseason, I mentioned that a couple times. Yeah, he's, he's your guy in this offense. T.Y. did not look good. Uh, there's no rapport there. There's no what Luck and T.Y. have where there's just, you know, T.Y.'s not good, but Luck's going to give him the ball. 
Um, Mo Ali Cox was the best receiver on the fucking day for any team, which was a joke. But don't kind of kind of use that as a um, as a blinder, so you could slowly go under the radar and get yourself some Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman was a four-year senior captain of USC. The guy's a veteran. He basically plays like he's like 28 and he's not. He's like 22. I mean, he's a veteran guy who really isn't a veteran. Like he could seriously be good for a long time. He's kind of going to just replace TY at this point on. Um, He's a really good receiving option. If this offense figures any kind of passing down out, I think it'd be good. I think the Colts are they have Eason uh, down the line. And I think, I think Eason's playing this year, man. Phillip Rivers should be playing a lot better, in my opinion. Yeah, Based in, on the, the upgrade that he saw from going from the Chargers line to the Colts line, I think he should be playing better. As a, like, what, 17-year veteran, he should be looking really good. Yeah. In, in Eason was my direct comp to Phillip Rivers, so that was actually a really funny situation because both take big chances, have big arms. I'm, I'm talking – you know, not this year's Philip Rivers, this year or last year's, but like that's uh, who I comp him to. A few, yeah, because we're, we're, we're fucking on it. We're just smart boys. Um, yeah, it's just, but he'll he'll make dumb decisions. So I I think that's what they kind of need. If John Jonathan Taylor's going to continue to just be this safe guy that you can go with, you can just slowly work in Easton. Don't put him in bad situations. You put him in bad situations. He wants to make big plays, and that's going to hurt him. But he's a really really good game manager. If that's the situation you put him into, um, that can get the ball to his receivers and he will the second we see that he's starting he will elevate every single receiver on this team he's going to elevate jonathan taylor as a pass catcher because he was able to get it to ahmed in in washington uh, as well as all the georgia backs when he was there um he was able to support some some serious wide receivers over in washington as well so guys like michael Pittman, who's probably was on second squad in practices um yeah. Eason was probably getting it to that's going to be a rapport so just look for these kind of things because if Philip Rivers keeps putting up these kind of stat lines against very, very bad secondaries, when he starts facing the good ones, it it's I would I you know what? I would place money on Easton starting this year. I, no, I, I think he will too. I think he's gonna see some action because I think this team is gonna go as far as Jonathan Taylor can take them. And if they're in game scripts where they have to pass, I, I think they're gonna lose. Yeah, they're gonna lose. So yeah, that, that was that was that game. We said we're not gonna spend time on yeah. it. Right okay, on to the next game. And I swear to God, this is my last victory lap. But this one might be my biggest one because I swear I was the only dude on this guy. Stephon Diggs is a bona fide number one receiver. It, like in fantasy in, in the NFL, you watch this game a lot closer than I did, being that you're Miami Dolphins fan. You could probably tell me that, man, Diggs is being used in the red zone, which has never happened in his career. He's being used in the slot, which has never happened in his career. And I tweeted this out um, this past week after I looked into the stats for PFF. But 13 targets, eight receptions, 153 yards, and a touchdown for Stephon Diggs. Yeah, he murdered us. We got killed. There was Byron Jones. This was supposed to be a tough matchup, by the way, because they have two good corners on the Dolphins. Byron Jones went out early, and it was it was. Uh, they're just gonna put they're gonna put Xavier Howard on the wrong side of the field all the time. We're gonna Noah Noah Ibanagane going one on one, and it was bad. It Diggs just he. Diggs, Diggs took care of business as he should have with Byron Jones going down early. John Brown did his, did his thing. So I'm not going to say I was high on Diggs. Um, I thought I was, I had him as a top 15 receiver going into the season. I had him close. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say, Oh yeah, I was totally right on Diggs Cause I really thought John Brown was going to be kind of the, the bigger kind of target earlier on in the season. And Diggs would slowly work his way in, but 
yeah, Josh Allen is not playing around. He's not like other quarterbacks. It's almost like he has a fantasy team and he's like, yeah, shit, this guy's actually really good. Let me just give him the ball. I don't care if we don't have a rapport. I'm Josh Allen. I'm going to heave that fucker down deep and Diggs is going to go get it. And that's the same thing with John Brown. And we saw that and Beasley looked pretty good. This was a late game shootout that kind of didn't start that way. Um, it hurt. It really hurt watching this game. Yeah, there there was a lightning delay in this game, correct? So that that pushed it back. Lightning. There was t like cable. CBS went down. Uh, <laughs> so we missed like the red zone had. To- we missed the Parker touchdown that like a fan cam had to take it or whatever. So funny, but yeah, no. This is this is the classic Miami Dolphins game where we get down early, we come back, we find a way to get ahead, then we get down. And then we get close again, and we just lose. Like, this is what I've been seeing for the past three years. And it's just, you know, four or five, however fucking long I've, like, actually been able to process these games. This is the Dolphins for you. And you're going to see this. Good teams just finish it. The one thing I'm kind of concerned about with the Bills is, like, the Jets came kind of back on them later. The Dolphins made this really, really close. Like, are the, are the Bills just a team that can't finish in the fourth? Like, are we going to see good teams kind of take them out? I don't think so. I think they just kind of invite close games for, for whatever reason. They, I, they, they don't strike me as a team that's going to blow a bunch of people out. I don't know why. But, man, is it safe to say that Josh Allen took a step forward as, as a passer? I know he had that one play last week where he just completely airmailed fucking John Brown in the end zone. And this one where he did too. Um, I think he had more room to do that though. So they were taking a lot of shots because they can. Um, our safety crew really isn't that great. Um, so back-to-back games where they had, they had chances to take shots. So they're going to, it's, it's not really a hit on, on Allen missing some throws. Um, there was, he didn't run the ball once in this game. What was that? Did he not run the ball once? Oh no, sorry. He ran the ball four times. Sorry. I'm blind. But, uh, four, four touchdowns and 417 yards after before last week, he had never thrown for 300 yards. Yeah. It it was a really good game. And I think a lot of people were pretty hyped. Uh, is he the MVP? I got to see him do it against a legitimate team. I know you, you and you and Danny were like dark horse, but he faced, he faced two teams. The MVP is playing right now, in my opinion. Yeah. Russell Wilson's going to win the MVP. On that one for a reason. Um, I do want to take my quick victory laps because I do have a few. Um, yeah. I made it fairly clear that the guy who's going to be getting the uh, the biggest amount of volume is uh, in the rushing attempts is, is Miles Gaskin. And Miles Gaskin tied Burita for seven, uh, but he also had six receptions. So I told you, I have Miles Gaskin in five of my six leagues. One league, I just forgot to get him, and I felt like a doofus. When he starts facing easier defenses – he's going to be what James Robinson is. Like, I seriously believe that. Like, you're like, well, how the hell did he, how the hell did he put up that stat line? But he did. And he's getting receptions. He's a startable candidate and he's yet to get in the end zone. We'll see that come. The offense could improve too. Cause yeah, man, I think it's, I don't know if it, it could be two a season week three against the Jags, man. Stop. <laughs> I could, I, like, I think it could happen. Like I, Fitzpatrick played okay in this game, at least by the stat sheet. I didn't really watch every single play, but. He played a lot better than he did game one. Yes, um, yes, he did. So that's why I think he's got a few more in him. What I want to take, because this is my biggest victory lap. Oh, can I take the L instead of you taking the victory lap? Because I told so many people to sit this man this week because Jordan Poyer is clamps for tight ends, man. Oh. Mike Gesicki yeah. 
Dude, 11 a- targets, eight receptions, and 130 yards. I fucked up, guys. Like, I told a lot of people to sit this, dude. Here's the thing. He doesn't play tight He doesn't play tight end. He plays in the slot. Like, he plays slot, yeah. tight end. He'll play outside. It is crazy what they do to him. And Fitzpatrick loves this man. Like, Fitzpatrick is not a guy that goes to tight ends. But towards the back end of the year, he loved this man. And he went right back to him. And this is my victory lap because I said he's going to be top seven. And I think he's going to do it. Like, this, this is really impressive. He's their number one receiver. And that's rare. I mean, what you can you can count on a hand how many teams actually have number one receivers be be the tight end. It's Kelsey. It's Kittle. Ertz. Er, is it though? Because it's Ertz, it's uh, Waller. So yeah, Waller. Andrews. Marquise though. In yeah, Georgia. that's true. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, no, there's not a lot. I don't think he's their number one receiver. I think Devonte Parker has played the two best corners in the league the past two weeks, in my opinion. I, but yeah, okay. So that's, that's fair. Um, but you know, this is just a, this is just really good for Gasecki. This makes me really happy because this was a really good team. And I'm going to be honest, I sat him for Hawkinson in one of my leagues and I felt like, Oh shit. I sat I'm, him for Johnu. So I didn't fuck up that hard, but like, but those three guys were like my guys this year. It was Hawkins and Jonu and, and Gasecki and three of them, all three of them, I felt have really done some serious work. Mm-hmm. So this is why every single year I say grab tight ends at the back because the top ones are just too rich and the ones in the middle are going to screw you. Um, yeah, those are my three headhunted guys. Uh, and they all starting to look out, look pretty great. Uh, Isaiah Ford had seven receptions. I was like, fuck, Preston Williams is not the two. He's not the three. Cause Gusecki, really? That's your takeaway? He had one target. Well, he, had he dropped one, it. <laughs> he had one reception. What was yeah, he, he didn't look great in this game. And I, I, one thing I did say before the season was, I don't know how good he's going to be coming off a torn ACL late in the season. Like he was, um, I wasn't playing him this week. I didn't really want to, but I said, if uh, Parker plays, you probably could play him. And then that, that probably didn't go too well, obviously with his one reception for 26 yards. Um, yeah. anyways, let's get off this game. We've been on it for a while. Um, we can skim through this next game to, to breeze time. Oh, but, dude, um, I just want to – can I drop the bomb? Yeah, go ahead. So, the 49ers had no quarterback. They had two D linemen go down. Their number one running back went down. Their two best D – or not their two best D linemen, but, like, their, their best D linemen and then another solid yeah. one. And you got – you got destroyed. You got killed. You are not winning very many games this year. I would – if there was an over-under set right now, it's probably at three. Like, this team's terrible. You know what I think is going to happen? Here's my prediction. One, I think Gase is going to get fired first out of all the coaches. I think, I like, one, he deserves to be fired first out of all the coaches. That's true. That's true. Two, I think Le'Veon Bell is off this team. I don't think he plays a single snap for this team ever again, to be honest. I Like, whether he sits out the whole year, whether he gets traded at the deadline when he comes back, I don't think he plays another snap for this team. And three, Jamar Chase is going to be a New York Jet next year. Because I think they're going to bring in some hotshot uh, offensive mind to take over for Gase. They're going to be like, okay, this is it. Sam Darnold, this is it. And they're going to get him Jamar Chase, and they're going to actually finally get him some weapons. Because I think Joe Douglas is actually a good general manager. It's just Adam Gase is a terrible coach. I'll, okay, I was rolling with the first two. I was like, yep, yep. My third is Darnold's out at the end of the year. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think him and Baker have been clear. They're both on the hot seat. They both have been really. I don't bad. think it's. I don't think it's been as clear for. I agree with you on Baker. Baker because Baker has Odell and Jarvis and Chubb and Hunt and stuff. 
Like, Darnold's got no one, and he also has the worst coach in the league. Braxton Berrios caught a touchdown in this game. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll give you that. But there's, there's going to be a switch up. We know this. And I'm going to be honest, I wouldn't bet them to win more than four games. No, I, I think they're going to win, like, probably – I think they're going three and 13, two and 14. Like, I, I think they're going to be – they're going to be either – I think the best case scenario for the Jets is that they get the first pick. And they sell it. And they sell it for a lot. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's a few teams. And you the- still get Jamar Chase or Penny. Well, I guess you don't really need Penny Sewell with, with Mekhi Becton. But, like, there's a few teams in the league where I'm like, there's a chance they may get the one, and they don't need a quarterback. They need to sell that pick. Yeah. Um, you know, it's what you're looking for is a package where, like, okay, say the Dolphins didn't draft two and they just drafted something else. They drafted line or whatever. You get the Texans' first-round pick and the Dolphins' first-round pick for Trevor Lawrence. You know, like that's it's, yeah. You you could get some huge fucking haul for for, for that pick because this like this is the best quarterback prospect since Luck. I think before man, I like before Luck to be. I don't think I think it's the best since Elway. Damn, I, he's legit. I mean, Luck Luck was hyped up, but not his like before he started a game in college football. Yeah, like yeah. Trevor, everyone was like, man, this Trevor Lawrence kid is gonna be the next Luck. Like before he ever played a snap. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So I'll, I'll give you that. I, I seriously hope that they don't get the one because that I hate the jets and I, I kind of just despise them as a team. So I don't want the Panthers getting the one because I think Matt rules a good coach and I don't want to have to play Matt rule in the Trevor Lawrence led Panthers for the next 15 years. They played too good against the Raiders. They'll beat teams. Uh, but we could speculate on who's going to get the one for a while because there's a lot of shit teams. Um, what if the Niners get it? Jesus. They're men. They get more injuries than they might. Don't say that. Don't fucking say that. Okay, so, okay. let's get in more into the stats here. 21 okay. carries for 63 yards is the most Frank Gore stat line I've ever heard in my life. Um, no one of note in the, the Jets receiving core, except for the fact that Chris Herndon absolutely laid an egg. I might be taking that one on the chin. I want to see what's, what's happening. I think the Niners are not a great matchup for tight ends, I believe. So I'll continue to hold hope, but I wouldn't be starting Herndon going forward until we see some more uh, usage out of him. Uh, from the Niners' perspective, uh, Raheem Mostert got hurt in this game. Before he got hurt, he looked like he was going to make me eat my words for calling him a bust uh, based on what he's done the first two weeks. But I believe he's going to be out a couple weeks at least. If Jarek McKinnon is on your waiver wire, you better go get him now because he looks fantastic. He had three carries for 77 yards and a touchdown in this game. And he also, um, I believe he had a couple – oh, he didn't have any receptions, but – Kevin Coleman, for whatever reason, got 14 carries for 12 yards. So I think Jarek McKinnon is going to eat into that very, very quickly. Yeah, imagine the Jets actually stopping you. Um, yeah, Ray Mostert started this game with an 80-yard touchdown like that. Like I was, I was wrapping up my my. Dude, Jarek McKinnon's touchdown was on third and 31, wasn't it? No, no, or not. That, t- sorry, not a touchdown, but he had like a 55-yard run on third and 31. That's just the that's just the Jets, but. Yeah, no, Raheem Mostert had a touchdown to start this game before I was even done wrapping it up in here. I was about to move into my living room to watch these freaking games, and he already was scoring a touchdown. I'm like, holy <laughs> shit. So, yeah, no, the Jets are horrible. Um, start betting uh, all teams that play them, whether – whatever. Is that a ha- direct shot at me because I took the Jets plus seven yeah, like an idiot? That's fucking stupid. Like, why yeah, that was dumb. I, the reason I did that is because you saw this in Miami – you guys won seven games every year because Adam Gase randomly would like win games. He wasn't supposed to. That's what I thought was going to happen because the Niners were so banged up. But clearly I was wrong. Cause the jets are, are even jettier than I thought. 
Yeah, they're they're just bad. But we don't need to spend time on this. Listen, th- this is a throwaway game for both teams. Uh, well, not for the Jets. Jets are just always going to suck. But a throwaway game for the 49ers. Um, they're banged up. So, you know, fantasy implications, we won't know until they're, they're healthier. So we'll bounce to the next game. Yep. All right. So uh, this one's a little interesting to me. Rams 37 and Eagles 19. Obviously, I mean, if you had, if you had Tyler Higby in your lineup this week, holy shit. Five, he only had five targets. He had three touchdowns for 54 yards. Cooper Cup with a solid stat line as well. Five, for, uh, five receptions for 81 yards. Um, Robert Woods didn't really have the greatest game uh, through the air, but he had a rushing touchdown. He had three carries for 19 yards as well. So that kind of padded his stat line, saved his day a bit. No Jared support. Goff, if he's, he's actually not that, like, not that highly owned, Jared Goff. And I think he's kind of bouncing back to the form that we saw him in the previous two years. Yeah, it was zero surprise. I told a lot of people to sit Robert Woods, and I feel okay with that decision because – Darius Slay was going to cover him the whole time. Yeah, shadow it, coverage. There was, there was zero doubt in my mind that, that was going to happen. And I knew Cooper Cup was not going to get touched all game. And, you know, he put up a decent stat line. I thought he put up more, in all honesty. Um, the, the situation was Cam Akers went down fairly early. And Earl Henderson is more valuable than Malcolm Brown. Which I, also, I also – I'm taking way too many victory laps. But I also I said, don't start Malcolm Brown. Because I thought Naeem Hines and Malcolm Brown were the biggest traps I've ever seen. If you wasted a lot of fab on them, I'm sorry, but that's your own fault. I told a lot of people that if you have Malcolm Brown to sell him because this was not going to be the game he was going to do well. And, haha, surprise. Um, I will say this. The Eagles were up – they were favored one and a half in this one. They were the favorite in this game, and they got rolled. I think if anyone watched that Washington game last week, if you were a smart betting man, you would have taken the Rams. I did. Felt I did too. Okay with that. Yeah, my parlay didn't come through because I parlayed it with the Jets because I'm an idiot. But <laughs> uh, yeah, as you mentioned, Daryl Henderson is going to probably be one of the bigger waiver wire pickups of the week, maybe behind Deion Lewis or like some of these other guys. But uh, yeah, 12 carries, 81 yards, and a touchdown. He also had a couple uh, receptions as well, two for 40. Uh, your boy Van Jefferson looked pretty good in this game. Not going to lie. He- uh, He's a good receiver. I was a fan of his tape. I wasn't a fan of the landing spot based on like the opportunity behind the top two guys, but he, he definitely looks like he's at minimum a solid number three receiver. Well, yeah, him like Pittman, um, they're just senior guys. They were, they yeah. were leaders of their team. And when you have that kind of situation, that's why junior receivers don't really start off well and take a while to get going. But senior receivers that are four-year seniors that played a lot in college – they come on and they produce. They do. Um, we've seen that in past history. It's just it's just something that happens. And Van Jefferson and Pittman are two guys that I was like pounding. And I'm like, you know what? These guys are veterans. They were leaders of their team. They're going to go out and they're going to do damage. And it's not going to be great. You're not going to be like, wow, that's sexy. But, you know, that's that's productive. That's he just productive. looks like a pro, man. Like, that's just the way he plays. He, there's nothing really overly sexy about how Van Jefferson plays. But he, is a, he looks like a professional receiver. And I said that at – in college, I had a mid, uh, earlier mid-third-round grade on Van Jefferson because I thought he was, he's a solid NFL starter. Like, I, I thought he was, like, a number two, number three receiver yeah. um, and could make a uh, contribution his rookie year. And I have a victory lap that I'm going to go ahead and take and bounce to the Eagles here. Surprise, there's no committee backfield yeah. here. That, that, is a, that was a joke to me for so long. I'm like, I don't care the history. that He's never had a back. That, that's this solid and a secondary back who's that bad. Boston got looked terrible last week. You know what? I think that's good for Miles Sanders that, that he missed last week because it just showed that your backup is shit. Like they need you to produce an offense. And he looked pretty solid in this one, I would say. He close to a five average. Um, 
He had a touchdown in this one. Wentz looked really rough. It's going to run. This is, this is the Colts. We now have two Indianapolis Colts and one is in Philadelphia because apparently now both quarterbacks aren't going to do work and it's just going to be leaned on by the running backs. Yeah, and Carson Wentz did not look good in this game from what I saw. Uh, from the Eagles receiving perspective, I wouldn't worry about the tight ends. That was just kind of a product of the, the Wentz not looking good, to be honest. Uh, Deshaun Jackson had a better game than I expected, to be honest. I, he didn't have like an insane game, but uh, not bad nonetheless. Um, we can get off this game. Let's move on to uh, Broncos versus Steelers. Drop J.J. Uh, Arcega-Whiteside, by the way. Just Yeah, if anyone, anyone was holding him. Um, <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers 26, Denver Broncos 21. Um, one of the bigger news items from this game, I would say, is the fact that Drew Locke left this game and is expected to miss two to six weeks, I believe, from what I saw. Um, what is the injury again? I can't remember exactly what it is. Uh, it was shoulder. Shoulder. Yeah, it's probably not good for a quarterback. No, it isn't. Yeah. Um, another, uh, another factor, uh, Melvin Gordon had a pretty good game, to be honest. I didn't expect him to do well at all in this game based on what we saw from Saquon. Exactly. And you know what? I'm going to point this out. I'm going to say this. I'm less afraid because I was saying last week, if you have a running back going up against the Steelers, best of luck. Sorry. Uh, it's, a, it's part of the thing is, it's part, it's kind of the way Saquon runs too. Oh, it's a lot. He is like a very ba- Barry Sanders, like runner where he'll get negative one, negative one, negative six, and then 45 yards. Like that's yeah, just how he, how he issue is. Too. You know, it, it's a huge line issue. Yeah. Broncos have a little bit better of a line. Giants are really rough and they're new. They, that was their first time altogether. There was a lot of new moving pieces, guys moving different positions from like center to right tackle. Like shit was all in place for that line. So I want to credit some of that. Um, Drew Locke went down really early in this game. So it's almost a wash for Denver, but it's not because two to six weeks means we're going to see two weeks of this kind of setup. KJ Hamler, uh, you know, he had three receptions. Is that going to be a guy that maybe starts growing in targets? We saw Cortland Sutton only had, had three receptions. Judy uh, also got hurt in this game. I'm actually trying to find some information on his injury. It was spaced out. The ball was spaced out a lot for Driscoll. Uh, he did that in college. Uh, being He was a Gator for a while. Went to Louisiana Tech after because he couldn't cut it because he sucked. Um, but he spaces the ball out a good bit. Didn't really get Melvin involved as much. However, Melvin did have a fantastic uh, receiving touchdown. Um, that kind of boosted his day. So fantastic there. Um, but that's going to be an interesting offense, kind of one I'm tiptoeing away from, even though it was a tough Steelers game. Driscoll's not really a good quarterback. Um, do you have that injury? Uh, it says he was probable to return when he got it. He got a rib injury, I believe. I actually can't find if he did come back or not. I'll, I'll check on that and leave it in the comments, or uh, maybe a Broncos fan can update me. But yeah. Um, here's my thought. My biggest thing for the Denver side of things is to go buy Melvin Gordon. And the reason I say that, because he came off of a big game, but his quarterback got hurt. So the, the owner might be panicking a little bit. Man, Melvin Gordon dominated the running back touches in this game. Like, absolutely dominated it. And Mel, yeah. like Philip Lindsay's going to be out for a couple weeks. And I think Melvin Gordon is going to be a top 15 back going forward. Because, he, going like, one, he looks like the old Melvin Gordon from Los Angeles. Not the one that we saw last year. The one we saw two years ago. Well, last year was – he sat out the whole season. So yeah. it just – um, Am I going to have to take another victory lap here? Yeah, because I think I know who it's about. Yeah, I, man. Anyone who thought Benny Snell was taking over the job, like, again, like... Come on. <laughs> like, Benny Snell, like, looked good against the Giants. Like, the Giants, guys. Come on. Like, like James Conner, like, he has a love affair with Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin loves James Conner. As long as he's, he's on the field, 
We've seen nothing but James Conner getting the ball when he's on the field. Yeah. Um, that was, that was just like, okay, that, that happened. He kind of looks like Fournette out there sometimes, but it's funny. Uh, he gets the job done. I thought you were taking a Deontay Johnson. Um, oh yeah. So let me, let me take uh, like a low key, another victory lap. The Steelers passing game has a lot of weapons, man. Chase Claypool is looking like he's going to be, um, I, if there's an injury in the Steelers receiving core, he's vaulting right to the top of the waiver wire speed dial, man. Like, he, the, the opportunity, you just can't trust them right now because there's uh, Juju Smith-Schuster and, and Deontay Johnson in front of him. But if either of those guys go down, he is the next in line. Sorry, James Washington, you had your chance. But yeah. uh, even, even James Washington's a solid number four receiver and Eric Ebron's a decent tight end. Like Ben Roethlisberger going forward is going to be a guy that I think about starting 95% of the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, that game was kind of, in some areas, was a wash. So I'm not going to stick to it too long. Um, we're we're very much killing ourselves on time. So we'll jump to the Panthers. Uh, Buccaneers here. It's your game. I'll let you rant uh, as you will. All right. Cue the sad music. Um, not the sad music because 3117 Buccaneers. Um, cue the sad music because I was wrong, guys. I was wrong. Finally, I've been taking victory laps all episode. Leonard Fournette is the back to own in this offense. <laughs> the Tampa Bay Bucks. Ronald Jones, you had your chance, man. Great, great touchdown run that you had. So you saved your stat line a bit today. But man, Leonard Fournette looked really fucking good in this game. I was preaching it, baby. <laughs> I said Rojo's not that great. And Keyshawn Vaughn was going to take a spot. Vaughn goes down. It's all Fournette, baby. Woo! Oh, another takeaway. We said this last week. This defense might be top five in the league, man. The Bucks defense looked incredible in this game. DJ Moore was getting clamped before garbage time. He had a good stat line at the end of the game, but it all came in garbage time. So, and they were playing a lot of like off coverage and stuff like that. So like all of his catches kind of came in that perspective. Yeah. My thing with Brady, especially is the Brady is, is a guy that is matchup is matchup dependent. Like he's not like an every week starter just because of the offense he's in. Maybe that changes with Godwin coming back potentially next week. But I think he's the type of, I think this offense is going to take a little longer than we initially thought to kind of gel. I think by like November, this offense is going to look really good, but I think that the Bucks defense um, from an NFL perspective is going to have to carry them to some wins for now. Yeah. I'll take my sad music turn because it's very much just, just deserving that I have to apologize for this. Scotty Miller. I'm sorry. Oh, I had him. I had him top 30. I'm so sorry to everyone. I told the to start Scotty Miller. I was like, he's going to be two. I, there's no other person on this team. And apparently their option was no Godwin. Okay. Let's throw to the running backs. And I was yeah. like, fuck. So Scotty Miller, I want to apologize. And I got to apologize to Nick's live streams. Because that was a really, really poor choice. And I told way too many people. Oh, but I'm right with you. And speaking of throwing to the running backs, man. Oh, there's a touchdown for Cam Newton, rushing touchdown. Um, Speaking of throwing to the uh, running backs, man, LaShawn McCoy has got to catch the ball or else we're going to see. And if you own Leonard Fournette, it's good news, man. But like he might be exactly what he was in Jacksonville with with Rojo sprinkling in. Because I still think Rojo is going to be involved. I don't think you should drop him. But He's definitely going to be the backup running back, I think, going forward. And LaShawn McCoy might get phased out entirely if Leonard Fournette continues to play the way he played today. Um, (laughs) Mike Evans gets back on track. I think that's another big story from this game. Ten targets, uh, seven receptions, 104 yards and a touchdown. Mike Evans is a matchup-dependent guy. Like, I know you don't like to hear that from your third-round pick or wherever you drafted him, but he's a matchup-dependent dude. This was a good matchup. He smashed. It's going to continue like this. When he's getting shadowed by 
Marshawn Lattimore in week nine against the Saints, he's probably going to have a bad game. But anytime he has a good matchup, he's going to do well. Yeah, and the last thing I want to take from this uh, before we actually look at the Panthers side of, of things is not only is Scotty Miller not a legitimate option, there's no tight ends here. Oh, man, Gronk looked like crap. They, yeah, in the little bit that I saw this game, because, you know, I'm, I'm expecting you're taking care of this game uh, just as much as you're expecting to take care of the Dolphins. Yeah, dude, the tight ends, like they're – Yeah, already- Howard dropped a pretty bad one too. Speaking of which – Holy shit, did they all eat popcorn before this game? Like, LaShawn McCoy dropped a wide-open touchdown. Um, Mike Evans had, like, two drops. Watson had a drop. Miller had, like, a drop. Like, everyone had a couple drops in this game, except for Ronald Jones, oddly enough, which is weird. But, uh, yeah, uh, we can get off the Tampa Bay side of things, but Antoine Winfield Jr. is winning Defensive Rookie of the Year because he's a fucking stud. But, anyway, Christian McCaffrey, another big story. He, he had an ankle injury in this game. I don't know if him not coming back into the game is a product of them being down, but it was pretty close. So um, I thought he would have come back into this game. He had his ankle wrapped up. If you hear the words high ankle sprain, that is not good. If that's what comes out for Christian McCaffrey, he obviously, he still had a good game in this one, uh, 18 carries, 59 yards and two touchdowns on the ground, as well as uh, four um, receptions for 29 yards. So he had a good game, but he got hurt in this game. And if it's in high ankle sprain, I'm very concerned. Yeah. Is this Mike Davis? I'm, Again, I, let if you can pick him up. He'll probably get you through a couple of weeks. If if McCaffrey has a low grade ankle sprain, that is the best news that you're going to hear because that means he's either one not out any games because it's possible he could just play through that. He's a god, so and two he might be out one or two games max. And Kirk. then you can pick up Mike Davis to get you through those games and stuff. But if Christian McCaffrey has a high ankle sprain. I'm not because his fab, the amount of fab you're going to have to spend on Mike Davis to get him is going to be way too much for what he's going to actually give you. In my opinion, the truth is if you want the starting running back for Carolina while McCaffrey's out is you, go, Samuel. you pick up Curtis Samuel. Exactly. Yeah. They're not giving him reception work, but they're running the ball with him. Like, yeah. So why like, did Mike Davis catch eight balls in this game? Eight balls. McCaffrey caught four. I was like, what the fuck? And, and here's another thing. I will say I'm wrong. Cause there's a couple things I'm wrong about this game. Robbie Anderson's a legit guy. Oh, I, I was not wrong about that. I told people to start him because I thought, it, to be honest, I thought DJ Moore would have a bad game and Robbie Anderson would have a good game. Another L I'm willing to take, I told some people to sit DJ Moore for like, and to be fair, the guys that I told them to sit for were like Terry McLaurin and Terry McLaurin had a great game. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, like 13 targets, eight receptions for 120 yards. I am not worried about DJ Moore's volume at all going forward. But Robbie Anderson looks like a weekly guy that you could flex. And there's also no tight end in the system. So no. there's another team with no tight end. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll jump to, uh, we'll jump to the four o'clock games, the fun old four o'clock games. We love them. Uh, we love another guy who could probably come down with the MVP. And his name's Kyler Murray. Holy shit, man. He, he, he looks legit. He, yeah. And we, we know the narrative game plays a huge role in, uh, in these, in these kind of shit like that, the awards, uh, yeah, here's the narrative. He's he's five eight or five nine. He's scoring touchdowns. I mean, there was a there was a quote. I forgot who was doing this game, but they're like, there's eleven guys paid and trained to tackle him, and none touched him on his way to a touchdown. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> so he is he's a bad man. And I'll take another victory lap once again because DeAndre Hopkins is legit. He gets his first touchdown. So happy day, happy days. Yeah. Uh, right now, sorry, I'm a little distracted. I'm trying to find the snap share because this here's my big takeaway from this game. Antonio Gibson looked like he was on the field a lot, man. 
Yeah. Uh, according to uh, Michael F. Florio, I can't remember exactly where he works, but in the first half, I can't find the whole game usage, but 65% of the snaps for Antonio Gibson, which I mean, I, I said initially before Adrian Peterson got cut, I said Antonio Gibson's going to need some time because he didn't play running back in college. He played receiver. So yeah. I think by week four or five, man, I think this dude's going to be a top 20 running back based on yeah. the usage, the, the progression of his usage. I want to see what the whole um, usage was, but he had 13 carries. Uh, he also had a couple, uh, he had two targets as well. Like 15 opportunities isn't bad for his second game. This was a game where they were like, okay. We're going to spend all of our Monday looking at what we did wrong against the Eagles, although somehow we pulled out a miracle win. What we did wrong on offense, they gave the ball 17 times to a guy who was completely ineffective, and today they gave him the ball uh, the one time, 17 for 27 yards last week. Also, if you spent any money on Peyton, like fat money on Peyton Barber, that is your own fault. Like, that's that's your fault. J.D. McKissick showed up. Like They were like, you know, we got to try anything else at running back. And that's what they did. Um, Antonio Gibson looked pretty good. So Yeah, I think Antonio Gibson is a buy low target, in my opinion. If, you, if someone doesn't realize what is happening in this backfield, they don't follow the snap share. They don't realize that Antonio Gibson got, I believe he only got 11 opportunities last week and he had 15 this week. That's a good sign that it means they're going up. And I yeah. think the offense is a little better than I gave it credit for, to be honest. Like I think Haskins looks a little better than he did last year. It's not a completely anemic offense like the Jets or like the even the Giants, to be honest, might be. Haskins, Haskins dropped some weight. He's actually moving a little bit more effectively, so I'll give him that. I mean, because that was an issue last last year is he was just expecting to just sling the ball over the place and he just couldn't. Um, he didn't have the line to do that either. Like now he, he, can, he can escape a little bit. And I think, I think Antonio Gibson's the, the primary winner of this game. Terry McLaurin looks every bit like Terry McLaurin too. Like he had Patrick Peterson most of the there, time and he just torched him. One receiving option, right? I mean, Steven Sims is like, okay, he's a fringe, but I'm only starting one receiving option. I, right. I'm still willing to start Logan Thomas because he had nine targets. Okay. So, all right. So I'll, I'll give you that one. Um, that That's fair. On the other side of the things, uh, Kenyon Drake separated himself from Chase Edmonds, which yeah, was good. This was a hard matchup like against the Washington front for Kenyon Drake. And he actually played pretty well. So I'll give him that. I, I didn't think he was going to have that great of a game unless it came like as a receiver, but running the ball, he was better than I expected. They uh, Chase Edmonds had one more reception. It was three to two. Um, apparently getting the running backs now that DeAndre Hopkins exists and they actually have a legitimate he missed a wide open touchdown Murray on uh, Chase Edmonds, like a wheel route or something like that though. So maybe the running backs aren't as involved in the receiving work as maybe we thought they were going to be. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think the story is, is once again, the Hopkins uh, Murray connection has been very solid. It's not as much as last week, but it's been solid. And-, and Murray looks like an MVP candidate, although his stat line really doesn't scream sexy. He just dominated. He just looked, he just his dominated. His stat line does. Yeah. He-, he just dominated the game. So that, that's that game. You know, when you talk is about Christian Kirk droppable. Yeah. Like he, like he doesn't look like Larry Fitzgerald looks like the number two receiver. Larry's the two. It, it, back-to-back weeks, Larry's been the two. Christian Kirk is not. Um, he's got a ways to go. Or I'd rather not. have LaVisca Chenault than, than uh, Christian Kirk on my team. Right yeah. Uh, yeah. By, I mean, LaVisca's in opportunities. Christian Kirk isn't. So you flip him. He, he's a perfect sweetener right now. He could be like, look, the, the team is rolling right now. Let's go. Here's, let me throw this in there. Let me see if this boosts the trade. That's what you're doing with Christian Kirk. This yeah. drop is going to kind of suck. Um, he may not get picked up all that quickly. You may be surprised by how uh, disinterested people are in him because I had him a lot last year and was very disappointed in that. 
There's um, probably a truther in your league somewhere. I think there, I think a nice like thing to do here is try and like you said sell some of the Giants. Try and take like Darius Slayton and Christian Kirk and try and get like Antonio Gibson for them. Yeah. Or something like that. Try and like like something like that. If you can use Christian Kirk plus like Dion Lewis, if you end up having Dion Lewis on your roster or something, and then you could upgrade to like Antonio Gibson, like I would do that. Yeah. Um yeah, so so next game we got two more to go. The final um final two of the four o'clocks. We got Ravens and Texans. The Texans once again rolled by a team that's much better than them. Their line is rough. Uh the defense looks rough. And this was the one game I didn't watch too Ooh, much another of. Another victory lap for me. I was eyeing the Chiefs and Chargers and the Redskins and Colts. So I'll let you kind of take the wheel for this one. Yeah. So uh, I'm not going to take a victory lap because I, I did expect this player to have a bad game. That's David Johnson. 11 uh, carries for 34 yeah. yards. Uh, not great. He got game scripted out. I think the big um, kind of maybe not issue with this was the fact that he wasn't really that involved in the receiving game. He had four targets. So I think David Johnson is going to be a guy that is not – I, I initially I was like, man, I'm going to be really wrong about David Johnson. He's going to be a top 15 running back after what I saw from him in week one. I think he's going to be uh, borderline RB two, like RB 18 to 24, depending on the matchup. So yeah. I think he's still, he's still fine. If you wanted to, um, if you wanted to buy low on him, I, I, I don't hate it. Uh, yeah. And then Deshaun Watson pretty much had to try and do everything himself in this game from yep. what, what it looked like. Uh, Will Fuller got hurt too. Yeah. Ah, surprise. No. See, here's the thing. If you drafted Will Fuller, I'm not sorry for you. I'm not. This and is, I did a lot. This is this has been everywhere. This is predictable. We knew it was going to happen. We just didn't know when. And that that's that's when you know you shouldn't take him. The one thing I want to point out is surprise, surprise again. The Texans are not a team you could start a tight end for because no joke. Jordan Atkins had seven receptions. But Darren Fells had the touchdown, so I'm yeah. like... <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, actually. It's such a joke when it comes to receiving options. From here on out, I, I genuinely believe Brandon Cooks is just going to kind of be the only real, like, guy you actually... He got kinda... dropped in my league today, and I picked him up immediately. Yeah. I mean, you, you could feel comfortable starting this guy. Randall Cobb showed up because he had to. Um, there's no other options. The Kiki Kuti rookie year spotlight, and then he got hurt. He like won no- 100-yard game, and everyone pretended like he was like a top 15 receiver the next year. David Johnson's not a receiver. Kenny Stills is no. It'll uh, get better for Baltimore. Like, they're not going to play Baltimore's defense every week, so that, that'll help a little bit. But they don't have an easy schedule next week. I think they play the Steelers. Yeah, it, they had the worst first three games. <laughs> they, they yeah, just- like, that is brutal, man. Like, not only are all three, including the Chiefs, have great defenses, um, they have great offenses, too. So, yeah. Yeah. The, the biggest thing that I would have take uh, is is there was actually three no there, there no J.K. Thompson had two rushing attempts not great about nine and Gus Edwards had ten what yeah. no one predicted that I'm sorry to everyone who I sold to to go ahead and start J.K. because like damn he screwed you he had two really really good rushes too but like. Gus Edwards. <laughs> yeah, I think it might take an injury to for this any of these guys to be reliable. I think, like, man, like this is a committee. Like, this is not good. J.K. Yeah. Dobbins, for what it's worth, looks incredible. Like, looks two great. carries for forty-eight yards. But looking, does not the reception, mean- the one reception for thirteen yards doesn't look incredible on the stat sheet. 
but he was tackled after two yards of that reception. And he broke like three tackles after that and got yeah. a first down on like a, a third and like 10 or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, he and looks great. And hopefully that lends itself to more playing opportunity, but I don't know if we're going to be able to start him consistently yeah. unless an injury happens to Ingram or Edwards. And the receiving work is nothing. Uh, I'm sorry for everyone. I, I literally had Marquise Brown in my top 10 this week. I thought he's going to friggin' snap. I refuse to buy into Marquise Brown. I don't know what it is. I don't think it's him personally, but it's him personally. I just don't buy in ever. So when he does do well, I apologize. And when he does, doesn't, I just like pat myself on the back. Uh, I think this, the was, big- this one was over pretty quick though, to be honest, yeah. for, for what it's worth. I think, correct. I think if the Texans would have kept this one closer, I think Hollywood Brown would have had a better game. I think this might be a blip on the radar, to be honest. I, I'm not worried about Hollywood Brown after this game. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I think it was kind of there's some flimsy moments in this one where it's like, you know what, I, I would scratch it for the Ravens and I'd be a little bit concerned and, and monitor what's going on with Texans because this is kind of what their offense is going to be all year. Uh, we're very close to the end with this. I think you, you're we free to go to the Chiefs and Chargers now. Yeah, let's let's get on to the last game. And I'm going to tell you guys why I'm a genius. It's because uh, when the Chargers were up 17 to six, I checked what the line was for the Chiefs uh, if you bet on them. And it was like plus 200 for the Chiefs to win straight up. And I, I smashed it so fast. You have no idea. I was like the Chiefs down 11 points with like 15 minutes left to go in the game. There's no friggin' way they don't win this game. So yeah. that was smart on my part. Thank God they have like the best kicker in the league aside from Justin Tucker because he hit a 58-yarder to win them the game. And uh, Patrick Mahomes, um, from his standards, a relatively quiet game. Somehow he still ended up with 302 yards and two touchdowns even though he was basically useless for the first like three quarters. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah. It, well, this is, this is what we expect to see a couple occasionally from a homes. Uh, one thing that I, <laughs> I just it's wanna... not a victory lap. Don't you dare take a victory lap on this. <laughs> Cause he had eight. Tar- okay. So Clyde Edwards, Solaris, who we're about to argue about a little bit here. No, no. I... Edwards had eight targets, which is very, very promising because he didn't really have that much involvement in the passing game last week. <laughs> 10 carries for 38 yards against a very a very formidable front in the Chargers. So I'm not really worried about his rushing work. He didn't have any goal line opportunities, but to be honest, the Chiefs offense just didn't look that great in this game. Here's my thing. If if there is Damian Williams in this backfield, he would have still had that many receptions, but he would have not come close to that many rushing attempts because I don't think he's all that effective. Guess what? Damian Williams isn't there, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> they're just they're just throwing rushing attempts at him. He's yeah. not going to be effective on the ground. He's only going to be effective he, through the dude. This is this the Chargers front's too good, man. I'm telling you, like it's not a effective him being bad. It's my only chance to have this. You 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 don't have it. Like he still had 18 opportunities. If he gets 18 opportunities a game in this offense, he's going to be a top five running back on the season. I'm out because... here, so whatever. Break my heart. Tyree Kill almost had 100 yards. He has yeah. Some... He was useless for the first two quarters, though. He didn't have a catch until the second half. Yeah, correct. Um, <laughs> surprise, Travis Kelsey's their number one receiver. Not yeah, I literally said this is the quintessential Travis Kelsey game, and I'm pretty sure not only did Travis, uh, Tyree Kill not have a catch until the second half, I'm pretty sure a Chiefs receiver didn't have a catch until the second half. It was just the running backs and Travis Kelsey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on the other side of, of things, Austin Eckler came back to slight form. Uh, he had four receptions in this one, which sucks, but – you know, the, there was two receivers that had more than him, so he's the third on the team. Um, Keenan Allen had seven. Hunter Henry had six. Hunter Henry having six receptions and 83 yards was a really good day for him, I thought. Um, Mike Williams, 
smiles. He's not. Yeah, man, he's – yeah, like, he should have been better to, in this game, to be honest, because the targets he got, he could have had some bigger plays on them. He had one uh, uh, one downfield that was a little – oh, by the way, how have we not mentioned this yet? Justin Herbert started this game. Oh, and yeah. Looked good, to be honest. Really looked, good. Looked be- like yeah. better, better than Joe Burrow on Thursday, to be honest. Yeah, he, he looks like the best. He definitely looks better than Tyrod Taylor. Or, oh, he, he definitely is. Uh, and that was the thing with Herbert is, is and I kind of mentioned it with the, I mentioned it with the receivers and I was pretty much pounding the table for that. I wasn't really high on Herbert, but one thing I'll give you is he went back for his senior year. He's a guy who understands just control the game. Um, you know, this is a game that ideally he should have, he should have taken the win for, and this would have been a great signature first win. But don't get discouraged because this guy is going to consistently do this. We're this is a good pass defense, too. We're seeing a new shift in, in Sandy uh, – L.A. We're seeing a new shift for the Chargers where they're, they've got a game manager, and it's good for them. They have, they've got a great defense. Let the defense give you the wins. You just sit there and keep things safe. He had a really, really good game, and Austin Eckler looked good with him. So I'm liking this. But Josh Kelly, 23 rushing attempts, and I, Eckler had 16. Josh Kelly's legit. I, I think so. I think, yeah, I think I, I said this in going into this game is that this is a run funnel defense, the Kansas City Chiefs, especially with a rookie quarterback in his first start. They probably yeah. just wanted to make it easy on him, run the ball. They ran the ball, what, like fucking 40 times this game? Like, I don't think they're running the ball that much going forward. I do expect it to be a run heavy offense because Justin Herbert can run too. And yeah. if he's on your, uh, if he's on your waiver wire and he's going up against an easy, easy matchup, he's streamable because this dude can run and he has a big arm that, lends itself to big plays. And especially when you have a receiver like Mike Williams, who gets downfield and stuff like that. Uh, and Eckler who can take a screen pass to the house and all that stuff. I think Justin Herbert's going to be a viable fantasy option in good matchups. Um, and I actually think he upgrades the Chargers passing offense, believe it or not. I think he, oh, I was yeah. really worried about their passing offense, like Keenan Allen and uh, Hunter Henry and, and stuff. Like I think he's, he's better than Tyrod Taylor already. Uh, yeah, and I'm gonna be honest. I from what I saw, I don't think it's really all that close. I think no, just, I don't either. Tyrod Taylor looked like um, like Jeff Driscoll played better than Tyrod Taylor last week. Yeah, he did. Um, you know the Chargers' uh, upcoming games—they've got Carolina next week, which is great. That's the game where he should have started, uh, ideally, yeah. um, because Tyrod. If things went all to plan in in the Almighty's of no injuries. Tyrod would have finished this game with a horrible stat line. They would have gotten blown out. And they would have been like, all right, Justin Herbert, you're coming in for the Carolina game. Which is more difficult, to be honest, than what, what ended up happening. Because this, the Chiefs got caught off guard with this. Yeah, because that's true. He was, like, Tyrod was supposed to start this game. They didn't bench Tyrod. Like, he had a chest injury or something before the game. And Herbert got in there. I don't see how there's any way they don't go, yeah, this kid's playing. Like, what I do recommend, though, is after this Carolina week, he has the Bucks and then New Orleans, which are going to be terrible. But wait, next three games, fantastic. Jets at Miami, Jacksonville, and Las Vegas. So that's three home games and going to Miami, which not really all that hard of a place to play at. Yeah, That's really, really good. And playoffs, he's got Atlanta in week 14 at Las Vegas and Denver. Is this crazy to say that if Justin Herbert starts figuring things out, he, he can might win rookie of the year, man. He, he seriously, he could, he yeah. really could. And he could win you fantasy weeks and he could win you important fantasy weeks with these schedules because the Chargers schedule is why Eckler is so sexy to me is this schedule is not good. It, like as far as playoff, like they're going to roll. They have a really good chance of winning a lot of games down the stretch. 
uh, and they have a lot of easy holes in, in their schedule. Justin Herbert could be real. Yeah, and you mentioned the Bucks and the Saints. That'll be the time to buy Austin Eckler, I think. If yeah. Austin Eckler – because he might have down games in those weeks because those are two of the best three-run defenses in the league along with the Steelers. I think those are the top three-run defenses in the league, the Bucks, the Saints, and the Steelers. And yeah. Austin Eckler playing those two guys, if he, doesn't, if he doesn't catch a lot of balls, he might be a really good buy-low target at that point. Um, yeah, so as you mentioned, we went super long with this. Sorry, there was a lot that happened in this, in this week. There was a lot of injuries, a lot of surprises – Dallas Cowboys somehow not choking, but the Falcons doing it. So it makes sense. Um, If you enjoyed this video, make sure you guys uh, hit the button that looks like this. Leave a like. Go check out everything that Tyler's doing uh, if you want to plug yourself real quick. Sporter.site. Please check it out. Uh, Looking for writers as well. DM me, Tyler Moss NFL on Twitter. Or just follow me, Tyler Moss. Oh, sorry. Honey Lemon to DK Metcalf over Stephon Gilmore from Russell Wilson. And that is why he is going to be the MVP. What's the score update in that right before we kick out? Uh, It is uh, 14-13, a pending extra point. All righty. So there you go. Uh, Tag game in that one. That's going to be a fun one. Uh, Hopefully you enjoy that. Enjoy your Monday night games. Make sure you come back for the live stream Monday. These boys are doing their fantastic. They're grinders here. We love them. Yep. All right. So uh, yeah, subscribe to the channel. If you're new, hit the bell icon so that you get notified when we go live and when we post videos, because we don't really have a set schedule of doing things because you know, we're all busy. We're in school and all that stuff, but yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're on the grind for 2000 subscribers. We're hoping to get there before, I don't know, Halloween. Let's set a, let's set a realistic goal. Let's try and get to 2000 before Halloween. Uh, So make sure you hit that subscribe button, comment any of your thoughts down below and enjoy your Monday guys. Hopefully you did not have Saquon Barkley.